What are you suffering from? Are you suffering from financial hardships? Are you suffering from a, lo a loss of a family member? Are you suffering from illness, from disease? Are you suffering because of your race? Are you suffering because of your nationality? But is there any restitution for any of this type of suffering? Let's talk about it. Stay with us tonight. All right, praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study on behalf of our senior pastor, the Reverend Paul G. Higgins, and all of us here at the Master South. We welcome you uh, to this Bible study as we continue on. We're getting close to the end of uh, the Beatitudes. So we have a great group here with us uh, today to share with us um, this last Beatitude, or one of the last Beatitudes. But before we do that, let's go before the Lord in prayer, asking God, uh, to have his will, his perfect will, and his perfect way. And so, Brother Tim, if you would, would you take us before the Lord in prayer? And if you have uh, a prayer request, uh, please email those to prayer at mastershouse.org, and those go over to our, our senior pastor and assistant pastors, and we believe with you, bind together with you, that God would minister and meet your need. So, so Brother Tim, if you would, let's take us before the Lord in prayer over, over this Bible study. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mighty blessings, for bringing us together tonight, O oh Lord, to receive the words that you have for us. We pray that you would touch our hearts and our minds, that we can receive these things. Minister unto us, O oh Lord, let these words take life, O oh Lord, as we speak these things. Minister unto us and let our hearts be open that we can receive all that you have for us. Bless us this very night, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I like that Brother Tim said, take life, because our, our goal is, my goal is, as I've been watching all these uh, different Beatitudes for the last few weeks, is that I actually apply them to my life, apply being merciful, apply um, receiving that peace, and find that there's comfort and there's a promise to each one of these that we've been uh, talking about. And... I definitely want these words to come to life to me in, in my life. So our beatitude today, um, our, our beautiful attitude, if you will, Matthew 5:10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, in other words, happy is the one. And we're just going to use the word happy, but uh, as we've discussed, there's many different words for blessed. Um, that we could add in there. But happy is the one that, uh, that suffers for being right in the sight of God. Theirs is the kingdom of God. So, Brother Tim, kick us off here. Let's just, let's get right down to the good stuff in, in actually who is offered the kingdom of God because really that's all what we want to know, right? Who gets the keys to the, uh, the kingdom of God? Who is? Who is <laughs> offered? Let's find out. In the context of this scripture, it says, Blessed are they which suffer persecution for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It says right there in the scripture that blessed are they which are persecuted. You know, but it doesn't stop there. It says, for righteousness' sake. You know, there's a lot of forms of persecution, but not all persecution or suffering equals redemption. The scripture is talking about those that suffer from doing what is right in God's sight, not those that have suffered for whatever reason you know in life there can be many terrible circumstances that you go through times of injustice or wrongdoing 
Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily qualify us for the righteousness sake title of persecution. The Jews surely felt injustice as they lived under Roman rule, but in this next set of scriptures, Jesus points out their suffering, saying that any suffering doesn't equal redemption, but only the suffering for maintaining our righteousness. Uh, in Matthew 5, 43 through 45, it says, You've heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. The just and the unjust will have enemies, it rains on both of us, but the righteous will love and pray for those who persecute them and do good to those who work to cause you harm. You know, I've tried, uh, or I've had, uh, I've tried hard to imagine living under the oppression that the Jews lived under uh, in Jesus' time. You know, Roman soldiers patrolling the streets, living under Roman laws, living uh, under Roman courts, suffering the injustice of Roman persecution. I've tried to put my mind in the place of one of the Jews walking the streets at that time, thinking back of who I am. I am part of God's people. Uh, who's been delivered from the most powerful empire of the time, Egypt, then to eventually enter into and take and conquer by the leaning of the power of the Lord, the promised land, Mm -hmm. and now to again live under persecution and oppression, watching family members and friends suffer from injustices as they work to maintain purity or uprightness, and even myself suffering from persecution for living a godly life or for following the mandates detailed in the scriptures. Suffering injustices and suffering persecution, which is completely outside of your control, and you can't do anything about it. Uh, In verse 43, I find it so interesting that Jesus detailed uh, a worldly proverb at that time that says, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. It sounds like that was just a normal saying of the time. Sounds like hate wasn't looked at as such a terrible thing. How easily, uh, being under that rule and under that persecution, I could fall into that anger toward the Romans, which would then turn into hatred and bitterness in my heart. You know, if you're not working towards purity of heart, I think most would say that the hatred and the bitterness might be justified. But Jesus is now saying to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So wait, you know, love your enemies? Uh, Come on. Uh, Bless them that curse you. You know, right now it's kind of getting into Christmas time. So I'm going to bring a tin of cookies to the uh, soldier that beat me as I was walking to synagogue. Um, So (laughs) do good to them that hate you. Pray for those who persecute my kids and my wife. How can I even do this? My goal in this is to kind of just paint the picture of how hard this would be. Uh, Today we live in a kind of a different world here in the United States with limited persecution, limited prejudice, limited injustices, hopefully, but, you know, hopefully you can see how hard this would be 
uh, in that atmosphere that the Jews lived in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, if you're, you're a Jew and you are looking for this Messiah and you're okay. Jesus is coming with a lot of authority. Maybe this is the guy. I'm getting hopeful. He's going to do the one thing I've been hoping for to save me out of this suffering and out of this Roman suffering. And, and now you're saying that really the ones that are blessed are the ones that, are, that receive that suffering from righteousness snake, not just because any old suffering. And, and that's actually... And, and uh, I don't, I know Brother Tim doesn't, we don't want to like paint a bad light on the fact that, you know what, any old suffering don't mean a hill of beans and have that kind of attitude. That's, that's not what we're trying to portray here. But, you know, it's something different when I'm suffering for doing what is right in God's eyes. Right. You know, completely something different than, you know, suffering for all these other things that could be going on in our lives, you know, roundabout. So... No doubt they were looking for that, and but then Jesus had to, hey, set them straight. Hey, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, obviously, I want to uh, maintain my righteousness. So, brother, how, how do I do that? How do I maintain stability in, in righteousness? Well, brother Garrett, the short answer certainly is the word of God. Uh, amazingly enough about the word of the Lord, it's been with us a very long time. People have been relying on the Word of God for thousands of years. This is not a, a new idea. Of course, when Jesus came, uh, there was a lot of clarification of things that, well, weren't really understood, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, before, you know, said, right. said uh, uh, when Jesus made it clear, says, well, You've heard it said that uh, you're not supposed to murder somebody. But if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. Got down to where the heart really is. And, and the Lord has been ministering to us a very long time. And I, <clears throat> uh, I've been reading a very interesting book called The American Story. And in it, it talks about the men that formed this great country of ours. And what the whole fundamental things were uh, in regard to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the things that, that they really felt should be a part of the very basic elements of this country. And uh, a very interesting quote uh, from somebody that's really not recognized necessarily as being religious. Uh, but he's one of the founders of the country and uh, signed the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And here's what it says. I think the system of morals and his religion, as he, talking about Jesus, left them to us are the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. Benjamin Franklin said that. And so the Word of God has been assimilated by even people that aren't necessarily quote religious you know because it's obvious these are the things that form the foundation of right living right right exactly if i can only get into god's word and continue to read it and continue to pray and ask god to to reveal himself and reveal his truth um, that is 
living, that will help me maintain my stability uh, in living righteous, uh, living righteously before him. So, but we are, uh, we are human, Brother Tim. So can our righteous way ever be corrupted? Or are, are we good to go from, from the get-go once I open up God's word? Can our righteousness be corrupted? In a word, yes. <laughs> um, so how can it be corrupted? In Ezekiel 18, 24, the word says, But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live. All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. In his trespass that he hath trespassed, and in his sin that he hath sinned, and then in them shall he die. And I want to focus on the first portion of the scripture for a moment. When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness, does injustice, and the same abominations that the wicked person does, shall he live? You know, we're all familiar with the story of King David and Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. And David was a righteous man. God chose him. God spoke to him. God used him continually. But in a simple moment of temptation, he allowed the temptation in becoming sin. The sin leading to adultery with Bathsheba. The sin leading to the killing of Uriah the sin leading to the corruption of his righteousness, doing the same abominations that the wicked person does, doing the same wickedness of those that are evil, those that are not righteous, those that are not followers of God, not a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. So shall he live? No. <laughs> his soul will not live except through repentance, except through the mercy and grace of God. We have turned away from our righteousness, but through repentance, we submit ourselves unto the Lord again. Lord, forgive me, for I've sinned against you. In uh, 2 Peter 2, 20-24, the word says, For after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happening, it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to its own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. You know, Lord, forgive me. I have departed from my righteousness and returned to the evil that you delivered me from. With David, a, a seemingly simple sin, which unraveled into a great sin. So how does this relate to me today? David lost his focus on righteousness. If even for a moment, his focus was lost and the temptation bred sin. Where, where is my focus today? Am I watchful for sin creeping in? Do I cherish my righteousness? Do I cherish my closeness with God? So... Let's say I'm planning a vacation to Mexico. All right. <laughs> Get out of the those heaviness are, for a second. Those are nice. <laughs> <laughs> those are nice. Uh, that Mexican beach is calling my name, white sands, blue water, palm trees, hammock. I'm so excited that I put a postcard on my mirror so that I can look at it every morning before I leave. I'm looking at it every night when I get home, before I go to bed. So excited. You know, but before I go, I'd like to shed a few pounds. 
<laughs> feel good in my new trunks. <laughs> what does that postcard do? That post it helps me uh, to keep from eating that Hershey bar that I don't need. It keeps me from finishing off uh, Lori's famous green bean casserole from Thanksgiving. <laughs> it helps me maintain my focus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's on your postcard today? Is it a street paved in gold? Yeah. Uh, the postcard, the reminder that's on your mirror or stuck in your visor in the car sitting on your desk at work, do you have your postcard with the Crystal Bay and the Golden Beaches? Uh, you turn that postcard over and it reads, no more guilt and no more suffering and no more pain, no more injustice, no more oppression. Can our righteousness be corrupted? Yes, it can. And when it's corrupted, it separates us from God. Because of that, we must maintain our focus and be watchful for that seemingly simple sin to creep in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a great example. The vacation and, and the things stuck on your mirror, postcards stuck on your mirror, a, a great example. I, I was reminded when you said that, and I'm probably going to misquote the scripture, but how I think Deuteronomy or, or somewhere, Moses was telling them, you write these words on your, on your eyelets, I think it was. So that way it's constantly there, so constantly looking at it, constantly reminding you to stay focused. Because there's a lot of temptations out there. There's a lot of ways to, out there to trick us up, uh, trip us up. But, oh, Lord, if I can just maintain my focus on you. And thankfully, we serve uh, a wonderful Lord and Savior that we can go to if we do stumble. During this persecution where it was hard, it was difficult, so, you know, I, I'm wanting leniency for my thing, but I still have to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, and He is faithful to forgive if I do mess up and, and cave in and, and go awry. So, so, Brother how what is true righteousness um, is the result of what? You know, really, we could give the Sunday school answer, oh, it's the result of Jesus working in our, in our life, but, but what is it really that needs to be working in our life so that we can maintain righteousness because why we want the kingdom of heaven? Well, it's the renewal of your mind. Uh, both of you, uh, Brother, Brother Garrett and Brother Tim, have pointed out that there's this, there's this pull from... Uh, two sides you know there's the side that's uh, the right the side that's wrong and there's the side that's good there's the side that's evil constantly pulling at us this ambivalence we have every single day we have to deal with uh, a lot of different things but there's a cure for this disease there really is and it's pointed out in Ephesians chapter 4 and the 17th verse through the 24th verse, it talks about this constant uh, ambivalence and war that goes on in people's mind and lives. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Wow, this is 
I'm so thankful for the Spirit of the Lord that constantly has pursued me and my life. And, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And our listeners in YouTube land out there, you have felt the same things, the pulling at you. And, and there was a time that we were like the blind man. Once I was blind, but then the power of the Lord came, and now I see. This is a wonderful transformation. Going on with the 19th verse, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. That means being completely committed. You know, finally just give up fighting the word of war and the whole mind is turned over and given to expressing sexual desires. That's what the word means. And, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be ye that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man. Do away with the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And here's the secret. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is the only way that we can be holy. We can... We, the scripture says, none are righteous, no, not one. But can we be righteous? Can we be holy? The truth is, we can be through our Lord Jesus Christ and his power coming into our life. As we seek him, as we take one step toward him, it seems like Jesus just takes two steps toward us. And, and he can uh, renew our minds. Uh, and... Uh, in Galatians, the 6th chapter, and the 8th verse through the 10th verse. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So what are we aiming at? Right. What are we aiming at? If we're aiming at the flesh, if we're aiming at all of the desires and deceitfulness, uh, the greediness of the world, if we're aiming at that, well, we're going to get it. That's, that's what's going to happen. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. This is a wonderful promise. But you know, sometimes it gets really rough. It's not easy. It, you might coast every once in a while, but most of the time you're not going to coast. Because... The devil is out there seeking whom he may devour, and he's not going to leave you alone. He's going to find a way to trip you up, deceive you. Mm -hmm. But in the ninth verse, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Oh, it's such a tragedy when you see people give up. You don't have to give up. You really do not have to give up. In verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. These are the things we need to pursue. We can't please everybody, but we can certainly do good 
as best as we are able to others, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. That's talking about our brothers and sisters of the Lord. If there's anybody we need uh, to be treating right, uh, but it's a constant daily process. It, it's, it's constant. And, and Brother Garrett, can a person really be blessed when he's being persecuted? Uh, well, the Lord says that uh, we can be, and I believe that um, we can be. It, it is very difficult. It's very hard. But going back to what you were saying there, I really love the fact that, you know, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, it's, that's not like, you know, it's a one and done sort of thing. It's a constant renewal, 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 refreshing. Even uh, the sermon that Brother Thomas preached um, a couple Sundays ago, I mean, that was, Lord, I'm, I'm bogged down. I'm weighted down with this persecution that's going on, whatever it may be, with this sickness, with this illness, whatever it may be, and I'm weighted down. Lord, I just need you. I need your refreshing. And Amen. to humbly come before the Lord and ask God for that refreshing, he is faithful to be there and say, you know what, okay, I'm going to give you a little drink of water. You can make it a little bit further. You can keep going and be renewed. And... Um, and so back to, back to the thing, can a person really be blessed with um, being persecuted? And it is hard. It is a hard thing to, um, to say. And, and we're really not going to get into it too much because next week, the Ladies of Grace is going to kind of really talk about the strategies of overcoming uh, persecution. But uh, it could, because, you know, really, at the end of the day, we don't even like to talk about persecution. So I'm going to save it for them next week, right? <laughs> but no, we don't like to talk about it because we all know what the scripture says. You know, the Lord suffered persecution. So therefore, you are going to, if you're a follower of him, if you're seeking after righteousness, um, you are going to suffer um, persecution. I mean, we can look back at examples like Paul and Silas. They were in the prison that, and they started singing. You know, they were being persecuted for what they were doing. They cast out a, uh, an evil spirit, a demon out of um, a girl, cast into prison. And somehow, some way, they started singing hymns. And how can, how can you be blessed? How can you feel happy? How can you rejoice when you're being persecuted? But yet, we got a good example of Paul and Silas. They did it somehow. Yeah. Ladies yeah. of Grace will answer that question. Uh, next week. Another example, Stephen. Stephen, oh, yeah. he's getting stoned, right, for preaching the gospel. All he was doing was preaching. Uh, he was doing miracles. He was doing healings. There, but he was out there doing that. They say, guess what? We don't like everything you're saying. You're standing up. For, you're being righteous. And so, okay, we're going to stone you. And then what does he say? You know, he says almost the same thing Jesus said when he was on the cross. Father, yes. forgive them. Father, forgive me. How can you have that sort of uh, fulfillment? And, 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 okay, he probably wasn't happy, you know, as, as we would describe happy. But have that sort of satisfaction when you're being stoned to death. But these, these men did it. And so, again, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I, I kind of want to leave you th with this one thought. And that wouldn't it be... Uh, and I think it is, wouldn't it be so fulfilling? And, and, and I know that it is because it's happened in my life. And, and have, I have such satisfaction when I actually stand up for what is right. 
in what is right and not my eyes, not anybody else's eyes, but in God's eyes. Even in the midst of persecution, I can go away from that moment and look in the mirror under the weight of that persecution and say, you know what? I stood. I didn't give up. Right? Like you said, Brother Hal. And I feel, I feel happy in my soul. It feels good in my soul that I was able to overcome this dark persecution, this evil suffering, whatever it may be, coming my way. I was able to overcome it. That makes me feel blessed that I was able there only yes. by, by the grace of God and by the help of God. But if I caved in to that suffering, if I, if I, if I turned and ran from that persecution that was coming my way, would I be able to go to the mirror and, and look at myself? And would I be constantly, you know, kicking myself and, and still, quote unquote, feeling the suffering that went on during that persecution because it's still, it's still aching in my heart and aching in my soul. And therefore, I'm not feeling blessed. I'm not feeling rejoiceful. I'm not feeling happy because I know that I caved in at the moment that I needed to stand up and be accounted for. The, the most significant time was right then and there. And I think that kind of suffering is actually harder to deal with. You know, where you're, you're, you're beating your own self up day in and day out. That kind of suffering never leaves you, right? It's right between your, between your ears and you are constantly beating yourself up. Maybe that suffering, maybe, just a, just a suggestion here, is more difficult than the suffering that I'm actually facing from outside sources. And, you know, the question that I, we really have to ask ourselves, and I, I, Brother Hal or Brother Tim, one of you said it, was where are we looking towards and where do we want that reward to come from? You know, I want my reward. My reward is in heaven. My reward is when I get to go see Jesus. Um, you know, a couple Sundays ago, I, I tried to talk about this a little bit. Lord, if I can look up because my redemption is drawing nigh and I can keep my eyes focused on that, you know, those streets of gold like you mentioned. Oh, Lord, that makes any of this persecution go on maybe just a little bit less of a problem in my life because, oh, Lord, my reward up in heaven is great. And that is exactly what Jesus says. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. So uh, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about how to overcome this persecution when uh, the Ladies of Grace talk next week. But I hope that something that has been said today about righteousness, about, about suffering for righteousness sake, um, I hope something that has been said has been a blessing to you, has been an encouragement to you. And we look forward again to next week uh, to wrap up our, our Bible, our, uh, our Beatitude series. So Brother Hal, if you would, would you take us to the Lord in prayer that we can maintain this righteousness that the Lord has proclaimed through his word day in and day out through this life? Yes. Brother, Brother Hal, if you would. Loving Jesus, we know, oh God, that you are the author and finisher of our faith. You are not going to let us down. And Lord, we want to hold on. We hold and endure to the very end. And you told us that you would never forsake us. Touch our faith, O oh Lord, and touch our patience. Renew our mind and our spirit, O oh Lord. Refresh us with your spirit. 
Fill us, oh God, so full of your power and your might that we can smile in the face of adversity. For we know, Lord, you did it, and you're willing to help us do it as well. Bless these that are listening tonight, and we thank you and praise you for these great studies. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Good night, and God bless.